0: you're listening to live from city lights a podcast of readings and archives from city lights books and publishers to learn more visit www.citylights.com
1: hello everyone i'm peter maravellis i'm the events coordinator here at city lights i want to welcome you to the poetry room of city lights also want to welcome those of you who are online to City Lights Live. As always, we are beaming to you from the unceded ancestral grounds of the Ohlone peoples. wanna take a moment to pay homage to those who have come before us as stewards of the land. So as many of you know, we are a publishing house as well as a bookstore and especially excited when we get to celebrate one of our own books as we are tonight especially when it is a book of poetry. And in the spotlight series, I am referring to number 22 already. And can't think of a better person than Evan Kennedy to be number 22 in this fantastic book called *Metamorphoses*. And he is just such a wonderful wordsmith and so lyrical. And I cannot say enough, and I'm gonna allow Garrett Caples to do that. He is the poetry editor, and senior editor here at City Lights. But I also want to welcome Sophia Dahlin, who was number 20 in the Spotlight Series, Who's going to be our backup tonight. For those of you online, we are posting the links with which you may purchase the books. Uh, so please do so. And you will get a signed copy nonetheless. So I will now turn it over to Garrett Caples to do the honors. Thanks, Peter.
2: Uh... Before we begin tonight, uh, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, uh, the recent death of uh, one of our longtime uh, City Lights editors, uh, Bob Sherard. Uh Bob and I shared an office in in the big office there for a lot of years, and he's always very supportive, and especially about the Spotlight series. Uh, so I'm just grateful and thank you, Bob. But I'm grateful for this. This is I can't I I can't even tell you. I have prepared remarks. Don't worry, but. Uh, Uh, we just we haven't been able to do this in a long time. And and these spotlight readings were always really special uh, for me. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since we've been able to have a proper spotlight reading and I almost thought I'd never see the day again, but here we are in celebration of Evan Kennedy's new book, Metamorphoses. To begin, however, I want to introduce our opening reader, Sophia Dahlin. Sophia's natural is the 20th volume of the series. Manuscript was an unsolicited submission from someone I didn't know. She might have even sent a short sample rather than the full manuscript, which is what it said to do on the old website, but nobody ever paid attention to that. But I quickly asked to see the whole thing. And the poetry really knocked me out. The level of assurance and swagger there that often only comes after like a few books. But, then, <laughs> but this was, this was going to be her first book. Uh, and, that, you know, and that seemed like an issue just because it's hard in the trade press level uh to to just shoot an unknown quantity out there into the into the trade it's just professional garbage uh but it's hard you know and and it's not that we've never done debuts but it's they're rare uh in the series uh you know and so i was just kind of struggling with that because i really liked these uh these poems a lot you know i kind of hemmed and hawed for a while i I showed it to some other editors, decided to reject it. I retracted my rejection. I saw her give a reading, and I finally decided I couldn't live without publishing it. You got to take chances in this life. <laughs> I just found out we need to reprint it. So, despite the fact that it came out in September 2020, it's done quite well. The pandemic prevented us from having an in person celebration at City Lights, and reading here is half the fun. So, I'm extremely pleased that she's here tonight. Sophia lives in Berkeley. She teaches creative writing and leads workshops and with jacob Kahn, she edits a chapbook press called Islet. please welcome sophia donna
3: oh i loved that you guys ready for
0: some unearned swagger <laughs> um i'm i'm really i'm really so happy to be reading here tonight um i think Evan Kennedy was one of like the very first poets whose work I fell in love with when I moved here uh seeking a life of poetry um he made it look real good um and he still does and yeah I'm just I'm just so over the moon um for this book and yeah for all your future works Evan um and yeah it's, it is really nice to be reading from Natch here because I haven't done that yet so thank you Garrett thank you everybody at City Lights um
3: I'm going to water myself. Hmm. Legroom.
0: Because my lights go slip, I treasure my regrets. Where the dial gets really wide, where fingers fail and the snowbank slinks to glass, green gestates hesitantly. I can understand terrified of being ice. But platefuls of lispy salad greens suggest idyllic patience with desire, a fielded or a hilly weight, skirt-peeping hopefulness flipping the woolly folds. Ease like a napping pilot where the sea is dangerous. Or like sex is dangerous
3: for the shepherdess.
0: Mm, I'm not, I'm going to try not to go mm, in between on my palms, but, but it's tempting. Uh, <laughs> way up late. i uh, been an eye swole, an eye to the uppermost, whole lip in a circle, top uet to the top part. What hoops to be a part? Oh, sip what's about to my bot honey, my purchases of luck, super elucidant emperor. Lup and I'm putted to a plastic rest stop in the nice grass. My eye, eye, look up from little low look at whole body hovering up above a bed without me. One month of hover to be up at night, very high up, not where the beds as the beds, not where the love weighs. But she who laps lag, laps bereft, probably. Who'll do to be slotted and oily alone tea? One summer tightly, afloat like knots, help ropes bob, new lemon. One moan, two, an eye white. Mm. Oh, oh, I did it again. Mm. Oh, you know what? I was going to lean in. Oh,
3: <laughs>
0: a different sound per poem. Does the sound refer to the poem I just read or the poem I'm about to read? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> this is actually why they didn't let me read here before. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing to do with the
3: <laughs> pandemic OK, lovely heart.
0: I leave my wallet on the lawn. then my heart changes. Blue wire in the grass, red, wire, yellow, wire sick. My brother Sam makes sparkles. break, born clean. but got dirt on though. A money holds me. Home and house together, else my homed fit in my mother. Clipped grass does wet tally on my bare leg hairs, certainly green my wet wallet housed feels, scold uh, opinions. I can buy carelessness, but I can't unimplicate that action. Oh, and I can't buy freedom, but I can denude my wish list and get just very personal with my favorites. I don't know. Is polyamory anti-capitalist? Or is it, she said, greedy? I said, sure, and generous, so generous as to take the self apart, to lie under my lover's fucking being like it's what it's like to be a bat. just you and me and our third eye Uh, blanching in daylight and it swarms together pulls apart in buds twitch in the overlap where you color and i do so the flower shifts in place i'd like to stream the eye i see your little palm fits in me deep and pulls
3: a river down OH. Uh,
0: This is for Brooke. Like a carousel of pegasi, mortared in honey, does my baby turn? Like a chandelier flexing light through chimes and baubles, does my baby shake, toting attention upwards like a god or some god's carrier? Does my boo rotate upon my palm like a carousel of pegasi, mortared in honey?
3: and then i'll read you these very new
0: very raw very rugged very rough (laughs) naive guttural (laughs) i wrote these like within the last year as a guest in my own day i wake up halfway uh, and half again away the dream that is becoming a dream. I'm not being anyone I'm dreamt to be. My brother dreamt he could stay with me, hiding from the law and building a home in the East Bay poetry scene. My father dreamt we would have a little drink. He kept saying, just sit and have a little drink and then, oh, but you can't anymore. I can, Papa, I won't. I'm not sure my brother was wrong to try to flee to my dream. It's not like not skipping town went well. He calls from jail. I miss the call. I drink ginger turmeric tea, mint and mint green tea, honey and lemon water tea, hot water and Pakslavid tea, lovers and mistresses tea, tea for shipwreck, tea for sliding eyes, tea totaling tea drinker, sober people tea shelf. I took mushrooms but I fainted first. (laughs) From the lack of sweet hot latte and cake in the white-out sun, the yuppies cupped their puppies and asked bemusedly if I'd like a seat not upon the ground. (laughs) The ground found me. Oh, sunlit dream, come swallow me some. The trembling cups of the trees bow, the table, the earth's mealy wobble, the cream, cream of leaf. I would like to unseal your sight from the sun, let you loose, In the black night of the body, wandering a dance landscape, hoping to get mouthfuls, you won't eat at all. You're going to gather a scent of what happens. Not having a coconut water, not with you. I am in Berlin and alive, doing all these wonderful things, like wanting to marry you and laughing till the urge leaves me. Germany is wet with yogurt and art. It is Wet with Having a Coke with You by Frank O'Hara. Thank goodness you are not here, so I can think about how you'd love everything I do. Having a Coke as you. I go to the Decolonial Gallery with a lot of dirt piles on the floor. And I go to the Decolonial Biennale exhibit with only a few. Savvy Contemporary, Uwe Institute. I do not drink Leolia Shragi's Installations Coconut Water the Little Girl Offers Me although I am mistaking her for part of the exhibit about decolonizing gallery logic. She is just an unsupervised extrovert whose is radiantly impatient. Who is art and who isn't so of the moment? As a less Orientalist Frank O'Hara in Berlin, I am following the girl downstairs as she decolonizes the gallery logic, drinking the exhibits that a coconut water tetra pack and unplugging the headsets. And if she isn't an actor, is she child of an exhibiting artist? She is a bored brown child in an art gallery telling me she made all the art. She is taking me down and upstairs and into the storage room and out. Like you, my love, I am easily led. How did such lambs come together and what will shepherd us? Last night on the phone, Our computers. We hoped our love would defend us from predatory lovers. We wept and talked about our past abusers and how good the sex was. Sometimes I wonder if my friends think I'm a chaser. I think chaser sounds like an exciting thing to be, but disruptive of my deeper fantasy that I am a lamb who follows commands in German and that you and I rolled together in a veil by chance, to have the softest sex like a cloud tongue-fucked by breeze. The estrogen made your most tender faces float up to the surface again. So you are like a summer in Berlin. Um, How am I doing on time? Am I marvelous? Am I, yeah? Am I fantastic? Am I wretched? Okay.
3: I need to get to the bridge, you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bridge to Evan. <laughs> um. Okay then. No.
0: I teach. I have a workshop. Um I teach poetry, and um, and I also teach um, the children of the wealthy uh, creative writing um, on Zoom, and sometimes I plagiarize their work a little. So, if you if you see anything as a tip, <laughs> um, so if you see anything like tremendously just new and original in this, it's it's a child who knows how to golf. <laughs> Well, we all know the world's ending. All the children all the children know it never will. Music used to be better back when it was older. Now there's a lot of noise and I have so many feelings about myself. Do not forget the revelations of childhood. People cannot hear my thoughts uh, inside your head turning. I stare at the pencil eraser with my yellow eye and my blue. There's a page you could turn into another life. I would be in a whole new house and the couch would be a different couch, and the rug would unpeel a different rug, and the door would just be a friendly space. Why must I succumb to your timeline only to find out the 3D glasses were my biological eyeballs from jump? Are you writing about how I said writing used to be better, she said, and I said, no, I already wrote that part. Don't be mean, she said, I said, this isn't a poem where I say your name. Oh yeah, what do you call me? I call you me. In the palace, the princess and the king might jail your touch of the plush red rug. Touch the red velvet curtain, however, you'll find you are in the princess's chamber cleverly concealed as a stage is concealed from the clueless audience. You are in a new city. You have an identical twin sibling, but you do not know what he slash she looks like. Or if the art of my era is good or if I ever could know what I look like. Music to the cat ears outdoors, music to the heady hearer. I am certain the theater is worse for wear, if only because the palace does not fund it anymore. Now that the princess has her bedroom there. Some of us want to seek the mean queen. Some of us want to live in dad's palace. All of the children ruling the dungeon, becoming king of the cats. I know it is not my job to pet cats or hold babies. I know the rose pineth not for my nasolingus. Nobody needs me to tell my girlfriend about her good body. As a child, I did not praise. I did not sing. I am not the one who holds the chalice of safety. I can only offer a bent clay wedge to sit on to make a shape. Glass beads can't hide the music from the spheres. Basically, they are Avocados. If you like that avocados part, that was all me.
3: Yeah. Okay, Evan, this is the bridge.
0: Tell me later if you think it was or was not the br- I haven't read your book yet, so <laughs> it's, it's a guess. Oh, well,
3: it's been, it's been out for a while. Um,
0: I read your poem in Harper's. <laughs> Ooh, my roommate subscribes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> that, I love that
0: people are at the dentist reading that poem. That's crazy. Being like, at least I'm like a <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> um, sapphic too. Am I doing these sapphics? They're only sapphics. because, like I like say I'm sappho in them. I don't know. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) You're here whether, well, um, no comment. Uh, Sapphic two. Don't you feel uh, how much give is in me? When I reach for your name in my phone, I hold down everything else in the room rising. My mind's a busy pond. My kitchen is the bread's bedroom. I own so little furniture, would knock it to the floor if you were calling. And I'd stand on top of the parking structure seeking your sign. In narrow clouds, endured by sunset door. In my new phones, yearning for its service. In immovable concrete, sleek like seals. In the red crease where my fingers join. I'm leaning for any sense that you might need me. Sappho probably went to the beach. Where are her shorelines, her waves, their colors? Was the ocean dark like apples? Did the apples cloud her bowl? I have no art in me, no nature. My poems talk and talk. I hurt my back, yet lift you to pin you against the kitchen wall. I risk it, desire to. You say thank you. The room rises. Why are you subsisting without me, my friends? Do not demand me, my lover, who could be my lover. Don't you feel how much give is in me? And then it
3: says, repeat from top. Uh,
0: Sapphic one. How will I write sapphic poetry? For though I am a woman loving women my love is a man's a man's solicitous desire my voice goes husky as i say your name i scratch my throat i measure the yard with a foot-long hot dog but i fuck up the numbers because the sausage softly bends and i get distracted pressing it against the exterior molding my love was invented to secure our infant housing And every time we touch, I want to write a check. Not necessarily to you, but somebody. I'm so dumb. I'm so lucky. I'm certain I'm overlooking my uselessness. None of this is true. My love is a fruit. I'm just like Sappho, bearing your loss to a wedding. And I'm assured of my uselessness. Uh, Here is its catalog. The yard is trees, a long lap of trees across a woody forest, peeling down the sea. And I am speaking to you in this group of our peers uh, yearning. And I know my yearning is sonorous uh, because I am not trying to take you from anybody. Uh, If you want to go, all I can do is sing you hotly so that you will look for me when your water breaks. So that when birth pain takes you out, you'll see my face in blackness. When you hear your name elsewhere, my voice will sing it lightly under. You'll name your baby, Sophie Kos. The fruit of my invention seeds its sugar in your dreams. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Sophia, that was great.
2: I was gonna get that two years ago. Three, three years ago but that is i'm so glad uh
3: so glad it finally happened
2: so i've known evan kennedy at a distance until recently because you inevitably get to know someone quite a bit working on one of these books he showed me a manuscript a few years back and i couldn't take it at the time because we were backlogged but i dug it and his work stayed in my mind I kept hearing about his work from other poets I knew and different kinds of poets, and that's always a good sign. Finally, when I dug myself out of the pile of previously accepted manuscripts, I started to figure out the next few poets. Bumped into Evan at a uh, reading in early 2020, in pre-pandemic, and was, you know, just like, yeah, I'd like to see something if uh, if you got anything, and he did. Uh, first thing he gave me was a little, um, not quite in the in the uh, broad parameters of the spotlight, but I was kind of like, eh, I'll just do it because it was really good poetry. It was very uh, spare and meditative, like, uh, like like a young Eluard. He was. Uh, then he sent me another manuscript, Metamorphoses, drift off Ovid and Kafka, and portrayed the decline and fall of San Francisco like a modern-day gibbon. Flashy and erudite lyric, which when all, said it, when all is said and done is the backbone of the spotlight. It was exactly what I needed, and I'm thrilled that it's in the series. Evans a great poet of the tradition of queer San Francisco poets going at least as far back as Duncan and Spicer, so it's incumbent upon the city to preserve his habitat. He's a flaneur on a bike. He's the author of I Am, Am I, to Trust the Joy, that that joy is no more or less there now than before. Jerusalem Notebook, The Sissies, Terra Firmament, Shoe-Ins to Ruin, Us and Them Poems. He runs the occasional press, Dirty Swan Projects, so and was born in Beacon, New York, 1983. And he lives in San Francisco. Please, everybody, let's w- welcome uh, and congratulate Evan Kennedy.
4: Help, I'm being chased through this infinite city, this dubious utopia. Pedaling my
5: bike full speed past startup hells, I cough and gasp. My seducer is just behind me. If you ever need to escape, you don't dare look back or even blink. My thighs burn and cramp. My heart almost bursting when I swallow bugs splatter through my eyes. Sure, I bike fast, but this creep is my equal and headbutts my back wheel. I steady myself, then turn sharp on Dubois Ave against the wind. Onlookers panicked. Idiot. Look out hey that's a stop sign my near collisions include a pricey stroller with overgrown toddler on ipad a dog more expensive than my rent a pissed off driver wearing that always tasteless la dodgers ball cap weaving between cars honking for my death i yell help teeth tear my ankles and calves blood and spit flying then an ecstatic blast splits this terrible scene one of my household gods hears me is it Bob Dylan in Malibu plagiarizing juvenile, Shiva in Omkarishwar admiring the marigolds I offered. Is it exiled Avid trimming his laurel crown, or is it Franz Kafka looking on through the eyes of a stray dog? Whoever it is drops everything, and with my handsome spectral face in mind, they ask where, when, how, they know my name and devotion. I slip from the pedals, a tearing sound. My black converse rip open from toenails made into talons. Wings burst from my shoulders, ruin my goddamn new black jacket, spread and thrash the air so that a leap from my pedals lifts me off my bicycle. In winged society, I peek through Victorian windows, awful condos of steel and glass, transformations of the city I love. I want to give thanks, but I've lost my elocution and my boy killing charm tail feathers thrash in my pants black denim slipping off my legs and tatters teeth lengthen fuse and sharpen it's a slender beak for my new hunger maybe it's fine maybe i've outlived my life in its obsessions Hmm. unacquainted with my new species i take to the sky i take to the sky unthinkingly from elgin park it's the block where ronald johnson one of my favorite poets lived My failed assailant is raging below me, kicking my bicycle.
4: To me, it's useless. I won't recognize it tomorrow. Seducing my reader. For you, it's a rotten fish I rolled in to demonstrate time,
5: bundling prey silky when worse poets offer decoys and faddish language. My singing slickens canopy nests spotted by eyes waking garden's blind sensation i blush watching you read me put down my book so i can approach and pulsate with
4: experience and observation john dunn and other mating habits the second flea or maybe the flea part two it sucked you and now me, not only this flea, but my
5: chest hair's lice, the fungus constellating across your breasts, a wandering crab preferring your crotch to mine. It's a compliment I verified. I decline antibiotics to feel fully bacteria bred from our sex, burning pangs of birth for those too small for sight
4: in our skin and discharge. Mine is not just a slut's homage. Mine is not just a slut's homage or host's warm welcome.
5: It's the intuitive expansion of life, facing execution by your fingernail and spared in so far that I'm watchful. All right, hey, everybody, how's it going? It's an honor to share this room with you. Thank you, Sophie. Um, I have to thank everybody I've worked with at City Lights It's just been um, marvelous to reaffirm my commitment to the lineage out of which I am writing and to further acquaint myself with uh, writers that have been published by this uh, magnificent press, uh, writers who have come through this fantastic bookstore. And it's just been um,
4: a deep pleasure. I'm deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Metamorphoses is a book about talking animals and empire. Let's see what we have in here.
5: The Minotaur speaks. My lineage was mutilated. My father was as certain of his power as he was my intelligence, a monster's. In my labyrinth center, a layer, I hit puberty and confusion. I intuited the outside, A world, animating my limbs and lifting my ears. From instinct, my enigma, I tested hypotheses about the world withdrawn from mine. I improvised dramas for no other audience than damp breezes from obstructed vistas. I intuited a sea. I made my own popular culture. Art amazed me, affection or terror. Out from nothing, I knew no other animal. The labyrinth scale suggested a crazy nation or clear-eyed architect. I I felt it reach from within me to console me then other times grab my throat. Once I punched a hole through the Northeast wall, this was before I proved that this area was a decoy. But shouldn't I say all but prove to delay the humiliation of having wasted months? What if my turns replicated in the West opened a view onto the sea, emergence from the labyrinth and its maker's brain, close parentheses, question mark, close parentheses, question mark, period, close parentheses, a void or vista. That's what the Minotaur fist-shaped hole resembled. I responded by escaping to my center, my trusty layer and shelving my plan, my maps, scratched onto leaves blown into my enclosure were sequenced in reverse chronology, then stored in a fissure that recently opened at my layer's Western entry. My surrender was all encompassing. Considered that I saw the fissure as storage, but I missed that my labyrinth without a keeper was falling apart. I was too bored to follow its decline. Instinct and labyrinth, unlikely conspirators, instinct and labyrinth alerted me of threats, but I did nothing like fortifying the walls or sleeping in a different corner. If I couldn't respond to instincts coded within me, forget that I was first of the species. Would I ever find a companion
4: or even survive? My dream of revenge weakened to resentment and mistrust of my body.
5: No longer attempting to escape, I almost floated above my labyrinth. Soon after, or years later, I looked up, and no question, with my horns before me, my labyrinth would collapse under any direction I walked. I developed, again from intuition, a distant idea. In a language that not only I created, I would
4: explain my innocence. To whom? To them and those like me. All right, so I know many of you have been talking behind my back. So I wrote this to settle the matter.
5: Once and for all. This is titled Why Madonna
4: is not, I repeat, not in my pantheon. I was kicked out of her concert. I'm still so ashamed. Ryan was there. I snuck from the balcony
5: to the floor and touched her just lightly when she danced up the aisle. Her shoulders spanned my two hands. The next day I told Bruce Boone about how I lost control and my wallet when her bodyguards 86 me. Oh, and Madonna's really tiny.
4: Bruce, like a classicist said, she must be from Southern Italy. I feel like young Ovid on his worst day. Young,
3: worst day.
5: Young, young, worst day. Madonna was breathtakingly beautiful, even vulnerable. Couture, black lace blouse wig of taut brown curls.
4: It affirmed my love for her, though not as I would like. She's only the richest person I've ever touched.
3: She's not even in my pantheon anymore.
4: I'm gonna create my own version of you from the one who starts out a poor agrarian boy in
5: trouble with the cops, who wears a sequined apron, who hears my first good poem then kisses my cheek, whose forehead grows horns, who attempts emerging from darkness through the presumption of dawn, who is the face of masala munch, who gives reasons why things look as they do, who hangs a small plastic Hanuman from his sail, who endorses body sprays and beard trimmers for gents to look fresh, who first encountering her signature song asks, what does pastoral mean? That's Billie Holiday, who is forced into imagination and self-observation, who perfects wireless electricity at 46 and 48 East Houston Street, that's Nikola Tesla, who loosens self from gravity, who requests substitutions when ordering a Cobb salad. That's Larry David. Whose corpse is identified by the books in his pockets. That's Shelly. Who begins raining blood with ominous drums. Boom, boom, boom. That's Dave Lombardo. Who is lost in Rome, contemplates suicide, then is dissuaded by voices he last heard in childhood. Whose skull resonates with song whose poet get-together loses all cheer, it's Stalin on the phone, whose garland and donkey and it's the gospel, whose spirit journey requires he clings hard to a speeding cloud, that's Black Elk. I don't give the names uh, in this poem. So this is like when you were a child and you go to algebra tutoring the day before the test and the teacher would give you all the answers who notifies a MoMA security guard that their Matisse is upside down, who sings not quite as divinely as Roy Orbison, but is exponentially more handsome, that's Orville Peck, who requests his corpse be dumped before the White House, that's David Vonerovich, who's a gentleman cricketer on a drinks break, that's Virat Kohli, who gives me directions to the temple of Santa Muerte, who ignites her Busendorfer in a Florida parking lot. That's Tori Imos. Who organizes readings for all visiting poets. That's Kevin Killian. Who drops his Phoenician urn and trembles before Boeotia's serpent. Who instructs his session players, go for whatever you're hearing. I think that's Thelonious Monk. Who sings somewhere over the rainbow in my sadness. That's Judy Garland, whose heart resists cremation. I think that's Chopin, who when dying hands over his water and explains your need is greater than mine. That's Sir Philip Sidney, who wants to fuck me like an animal. That's pretty much everybody. (laughs) Who
4: tells friends that in Greece they'll be sane.
5: That's Eileen Miles who works as an umbrella holder and in downtime, writes poems to Shiva, that's a Lama Prabhu, who acknowledges that baths, wine, and sex ruin our bodies, but make life itself, that's graffiti from Imperial Rome, who says she'd be a great Supreme Court justice because she's always been judgmental, that's Fran Lebowitz, who's fairest among hills and vales, who finds a moment of mercy in Thomas, that's Ovid, who walks into the blade-like arms of God. Keats' Routines. The cockney poet, he hoisted himself dominant like the sea-shouldering whale, gaping for sustenance with capacious mouth like newborn birds, dabbling his forepaws hither and thither like a baited bear, spinning from his mind a spider's airy citadel of verse, then took part in the
4: life of a sparrow, pecking at his window as he convalesced. Basho en route
5: to Fukushima. Glowing, humid, cloudy gray film, a gateway in altitude's thin snowy air. Forests of error meet shuttered shrines. Second to second peaks collapse, rivers jump pines die basho walks from pool to pool seeking water iris deep red violet standards white falls his notebook discloses his wish on clear nights to see the moon from elsewhere overcoat and lunch basket stained from walks through bellflower
4: valerian pompous grass bush clover Judy Garland, facing extinction. I've made more comebacks than a revolving door. My stage is no larger than my shoe
5: size. My legs have been likened to a couplet by Pope. The song I sing is a question or quest. It's a mystery what happens to my audience. The inns who applaud first and later the squares, I will swallow the whole world if song won't erupt from my mouth. Is a trickle of blood running down my inner thigh? Life is crowning. A newborn macaque clings to my side. I cross green hills and out of me bursts a lamb or a species thought extinct breathes once again and glistens with afterbirth. I'm a blushing bride in immaculate whites being wed to a blue whale from Holocene to post-anthropocene. In salt flats, my lacquered hair falls like I'm a Neanderthal. I bite through the umbilical cord of my tiny Ibex, my ocelot hatchlings and gravelly banks. After my foal arrives stillborn, I circle it repeatedly. I embody a library of genomes, a life for the living. I lay eggs in my nest of tinsel and plastic straws. My brood shelters in your rubble. Your hazmat suits are paper mache to me. I defend the riotous varieties of life imprinting on me as mother. Only Toto was paid less than me. Because I sing, not speak, life arrives to your understanding.
3: Gregor Samsa, Jr.
4: Waking this morning, I'm a whir of scales, hooves, fins, fur,
5: paws, feathers, branches, and all that passed into extinction, like the long strange trip of the naked ape greeting us. Wildlife dirties my bedsheets, life scents, infusing domestic walls. With feeler, tendril, limb, I examine snout, lips, incisors, beak, tongue. My eyes are two globes varying together in size, registering my room to each species' necessities. I walk up 24th Street here in San Francisco, like my face is a flipbook of wildlife portraits, self-generating, multiplying, eluding recognition, changing by your angle of vantage. Made of light or made for its directing, I tried to remain the fissure, through which diverse elusive possibilities, populations approach. In these attitudes, remote from matter, time circles back to kiss itself, to recollect itself for me.
4: Tree of Life. In the Tree of Life, I revise my animal body. I edit my poem. By
5: unremarked changes, creation moves around and within me. Orbits animate nature. Nature disbands, retreats, implodes, so that I name them when I make my first sound. In the tree of life, my vantage will change by what species I speak as. My speech not existing for itself, but as a branch toward being. A branch one keeps following until another is met or it breaks, dropping me extinct these roots, the inverse image of our branches. When will these distinctions be unneeded? I ask because I doubt I can specify I any longer. Regardless, when I ask my question, it will be with the same
4: elocution, charm, desire. Why the oracle disappeared is unclear. His metered speech loosened, His imagery,
5: once perfect interplay of instruction and symbol soon became so obscure that we lost interest in studying his imprecise pronouncements, which approaching the Oracle's thousandth year in our village deteriorated into a murmur of homonyms, split infinitives, and cliche. It was like a near wordless exhalation. Was that pen as in enclose or as in write? Was that wound, as an in injure, or wound, as in wrapped around the virgin, standing indignantly before that vaporous tripod, incense, sacrifice? Perhaps people cannot tremble through an entire millennium. Slaves, maybe, but for delivery boys, art handlers, immigrants, physicists, and postcard vendors like me, it's difficult to tell. Our uncertainty indicates the oracle failed. At the very least, there's a crisis of faith or inspiration leading our oracle to disappear or at best speak on diminished authority. Evidence supports both theories. Leaving the oracle, visitors report a mishmash of gestures, riddles, etymologies, events, negations, and my
4: ear stays tuned to the Warriors game on the radio. Tip off at seven. Game four, five. No matter my spotless
5: conduct, I cannot ask the oracle to reflect on himself. Doing so might cause our homes or far less visibly our culture, which unites our community and dialect to explode. It's all possible in this so-called navel of the world. All right, well, all good things have to come to an end, even paganism, so I'm just going to read one new poem. Here comes Emperor Constantine. Brace yourselves. Jesus was a tree maker, and his branches held all creation and feeling when he absorbed their pain entire in his leafy wooden frame, leaving creation and feeling animated through him gathered clinging to the tree that was him, a magnet or lure animating their ethics and physics imparting lessons along his arms that were bare, bloodied, covered in a light down. Such were leafy branches to perch and breed on, to even eat. And he would teach coordination by his legs and waist, tired from multiplying his advances to accommodate many, entirely approaching everything, living from singular cell to whale, whale to singular cell, so that he could be found consistent In his outreach to countless, which really only totaled one, the Christ body tree immune to blasphemy, like a vaccine or a lure, drawing all living things to mate and chat, to fish and punish, to tire and martyr like parasite and gambler, fabulist and alien, pilot and wrestler with him in the tree, the crossmaker stretching over creation like a ruler that through use loses the marks indicating its purpose, to measure. Oh, and I forgot to add that his face had no feature so that each would find a reflection in him, though not of themselves exactly, but something entire. Jesus, I'm beginning to think, was a tree maker, and instinct or learning circled his standing. I thank you so much. Thanks for listening to
0: Live from City Lights, a podcast from City Lights bookstore and publishers. Our theme music was provided by Axolotl. All City Lights events are free. To see upcoming events at City Lights bookstore in San Francisco, check out www.citylights.com events.